Welcome to the legacy of our African-American Lives podcast, where our stories become oral histories that are created to uplift, empower, and enrich our next generation. Today, I am proud to welcome Miss Ella Petway. I have known her all of my life as Maxine. She has come to be an aunt, a cousin, a mother. She is all of that to me. And I am so proud to welcome her on the podcast today. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Tangela. I am very pleased to be on your podcast. I, my, well, your grandmother was one of my favorite aunts. She always had my bag and whatever my grandma used to take me to see her, she would look at me so hard and I would say, oh, Pearly, why are you looking at me so hard? She would just laugh and, and she never did tell me. So then one day I kept saying, oh, Pearly, why do you keep looking at me so hard? So um, her daughter told me that she said, oh, you, she's so pretty. And I said, why could she tell me that? So she would just look at me and laugh. And every time I asked her why she was looking at me, she would never come out and tell me why. But then one of her daughters told me, that she said she thought I was so pretty. But anyway, she always had my back. I could always go to Aunt Pearlie for anything. You know, I when I was growing up, my grandmother daughter came and took her to St. Louis. And I was the youngest one. My oldest sister had somewhere to go. My cousin had somewhere to go. But I was the baby and nobody wanted me. And so I'm thinking that, oh, God, I'm going to get finally get a chance to go live with my mother. But my mother had another idea. She wrote my aunt and told my aunt to take me. And I had already asked Aunt Pearly and her, her husband, could I come live with them? And she said, yes. And so I had went over to your grandmother's house. And the aunt that my uh, mother wrote and told her to take me, she sent her son and told her, told her son to come get me that my mama told her to get me. And so from then on, girl, I'm telling you, I had a rough time, but anyway, I made it and I kept visiting Aunt Pearlie. And I remember one time we had went down to the creek they were having baptism. And after the baptism was over, she was walking up down from the creek. You know, we used to baptize in the creek. She was walking from the creek and she um, grabbed me and she hugged me so tight. And I said to myself, why didn't Pearlie hug, grab me and hug me like that? And don't you know, never got to see her again alive so that was like her way of telling me goodbye but, um, and you know G's been I think about it we had some rough times down there but we had there was love that if my aunt, aunt didn't have something and someone else had something she would always say girl go over there and tell so and so to send me this and that and you never heard anybody talking about it like if I come to you and say Tanja can you give me a, a cup of milk or egg or something? And then, oh, she come asking for for people like that. They didn't they didn't do that down south. They love it was a lot of love there. They would uh, share whatever they had, and um, you know, well, you was disciplined because if I was to go in my aunt's yard and do something, then my aunt would beat me or whatever, and she send me home to my to my home, and then I would get another beating. So it was just a lot of discipline down there. And we had all natural stuff. We didn't have all of this um, uh, preservatives and stuff. We used to grow our own garden. We used to kill the, our own cows or pigs or whatever, and put them in the smokehouse for the winter. We had like potato, sweet potato banks for um, 
the winter where, you know, when it's cold, they would say, girl, go out there and give me some potatoes out of that bank. It was, like, it was built like a teepee, but it was, you had like corn stalks in it with the dirt piled up on the side of it, all fresh vegetables and stuff. And when people start, only thing you heard about down there was people might have a stroke. All this pro- preservative stuff down there, that's when people start having cancer and all that other stuff. But before then, everything was all natural. We had even had spring water, natural spring water, that we could go down and fill up jugs and stuff of water and bring it and bring it back to the house. So, you know, you got I have good memories, but I have some bad ones also. She's been, you know, like I said, it was a lot of love. Nobody had to lock a door. You didn't have to worry about nobody going in your house, taking this or taking that. And they shared. Everybody shared whatever they had. And then I was thinking about my uncle Boston. We, you know, he was he was one of my favorites too. They would say he was like the they call him a witch doctor because whenever somebody got sick, they would say, "Girl, go over there and get Boston." And hope, lo and behold, he would go out in the woods and get something, and that person would he would cure them. Uncle Boston, I don't know what how he did what he did, but he would do a lot. Of, they, every time somebody got really really sick, they said, "Go get Boston." You talk about healing. Let me ask you, was it common for people to go to the doctor? No, honey, you didn't go to no doctor down there. The doctors was, my aunt, I remember I had a, a, a bad sore on my leg and it was running like green pus was coming out of it. And so my aunt used to go out in the, in the woods and get like a leaf or something and put it on. Now, if I would have been in the city or something, you know, they would call that green green. But down there, she went and got a leaf and made some kind of a, I got a big a hole in my leg right now from where that sore was. She cured, you know, it, 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 it cured, cured up. But then I think about that, I said, that was gangrene. But, you know, God took care of us, Tangie, because, you know, we went through, I my cousin, when it was a bunch of guys down there, a bunch of boy cousins, when they left and went to the city, we, it was three girls. Well, actually it was five, but it was two older than us. And we had to go in the fields, plow the plow. We had to plant, we had to pick the cotton. We had to plant the corn. We, we had a whole bunch of stuff, but we had to do it because the guys had left. It, it, was, it was really something, I'm telling you. And when I saw, right now I'm petrified of snakes because I have seen every breed of snake you could think about. When we go in the field, my cousin with the wagon, you know, they had the wagon with the iron wheels. And we used to go in the field, you hit down there and you hear some snakes say, like a whip. So he used to call, you know, they don't know nothing about the real, the real name. So he used to say, that's a coach whip. And I'm telling you, well, just like a whip. Then there's one that called a jointed snake. We, he would run over that snake with the iron wheels and split it in half. And when we coming back, going home, that snake be done worked itself back together. Tangie, I saw, and I'm petrified of snakes right now. I don't care how big or how, how small they are. I, I don't even watch them on TV because I have a phobia about snakes. They were within a certain time of the year, you know, when it's, uh, when the leaves turn the same color as a, you know, I guess when he call it fall. And we used to be out there picking cotton. And you picking cotton right down there, and there go a snake curl up right down there. A poisonous snake. Can you imagine if a snake had bit us? You know how far we would have had to get to the doctor? So all I can say is God took care of us. He took care of, he provided for us and he took care of us while we was there. Because the people don't know nothing about no doctor in, in, in the South. You have no, I don't even remember 
recommend anybody going to the doctor when they were sick. The next question that I want to ask you is I want you to talk about, like, from all of that that you learned. Try to instill in them that there's nothing that they can do if they incorporate God into their plans. That's how I made it then. You know, by depending on God, because I had nobody. Nobody was there for me. I had to do everything for myself because my mom, you know, like I said, she didn't, she didn't want me. How I made it through was dependent on God. And I tell them today, nothing that you cannot do if you put God in your plans. So basically, that's, that's all I can tell them. And it's true. Well, what the world doesn't know is when I think about what you just said, and I think about the children that are your legacy, the children that are here on this earth right now that call you grandma. So you have dancers, you have engineers, you have nurses, you have realtors, you have insurance extraordinaire, all of those titles. Did I leave something out? Bella. How Sabella? And how old is Bella? She's six. And that is your great-granddaughter, correct? Yes, yes. Yes, so you definitely have a legacy. And I know that you are teaching them that they take God with them. All things are possible. And I am honored, like I said, to call you my cousin, Auntie Mama. Mm. And my hope is that as people listen to this episode on the podcast, that again, that they are empowered, uplifted, and enriched by your story. And so I thank you all for listening to the latest episode from the legacy of our African-American lives podcast. I am Tangela Irby and I am your host.